Huh? You're asking me if we're going, but you're the one that makes us go. <laughs> yeah, I, you no, are the goer now. I, I'm not asking you if we're going. I'm asking you if you are ready to get going. Oh, oh I am ready to get I, going. I, are we going? We are going. I am the goer. I am the one who decides when we go. <laughs> you are the one who goes. I am the one who goes. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, should we? Uh, and then I say, should we just get started? I think so. Okay. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about the Kiss Hello. But before that, we do have just a couple little things from the previous episode, The Beard. And one of those things was we wanted to double check that Larry Fine was actually who we thought he was, and that's the Larry from the Three Stooges, and that's it. Louis Feinberg is his real name, known professionally as Larry Fine, American actor, comedian, violinist, and boxer, hmm. who is best known as a member of the comedy act, the Three Stooges. So yeah, I bet all that boxing stuff really came in handy um, <laughs> when, uh, you know, doing all that physical comedy. All the wah, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He what? was getting smacked around. Wow, so. Larry's like like winding it up comically and just like bopping someone in the cheek. He could have actually knocked them out. <laughs> yeah, he like, he had the he had the skill set. Meanwhile, sure. meanwhile, like Curly just like pokes him in the eye. Could you imagine the episode that they had to cut? Curly pokes him in the eye and Larry just knocks him the fuck out. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, just lays him out and then stands over him like that shot of Muhammad Ali over uh, well, whoever it was, Joe Frazier, probably. Larry, Larry, no, it's a joke. Whoa. And he, he, you just see him fuming. Oh, my God. <laughs> Larry, he's already dead. No, no, he's already dead. <laughs> I would uh, now. I want to see scientifically scientifically accurate Three Stooges. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like that again. I, Family Guy cutaways I know come up probably way too much for a Seinfeld podcast, but <laughs> the the real life Home Alone where it's like, hey, you guys, I'm up here, and the robber just shoots him. He's like, hey, what was that? He's like, oh, I don't know, it's the kid. I just shot him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I want to see like just three seconds long. Like someone gets hit in the face with an iron, and then like just starts twitching and doesn't get up. And like, oh my god, what do we do? You, you hit him, man! Don't bring me into this. <laughs> yeah, that's the gritty reboot of the Three Stooges that the world Jesus. needs. <laughs> so, so someone um, gets poked in the eye and they're blind. Like you see their eye dangling from its socket. Like ah, ah oh my god, that's disgusting. Ah! <laughs> But yeah, there's still a woman there that kind of like finds it all charming or she's just kind of oblivious <laughs> to it. Like everyone's everyone's like bleeding from severe head wounds and she's oh, like, no. now I hired you painters to do a good job. <laughs> I I wanted violet on these walls, not blood, crimson, red. <laughs> so that's the, that's the info on Larry Fine. Uh, also, I, I threatened to do a deep dive on Melrose Place, but <laughs> I haven't actually, uh, I usually go through and, and do my homework while I'm listening to the episode and, and editing it, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Even if it had been in our Dropbox, Ted, which it wasn't. I'm sorry, um, okay? I've had a busy <laughs> weekend and I haven't had time to do my part of it. So I will I will get it yeah. to you ASAP. Okay. Or it, it might not come out, it might not have come out last week. Let us know what happened. Tweet at us. <laughs> Um, 
But I wouldn't have been able to work on it anyway because I finally had to sit down and do my taxes. So oh, I wouldn't have been able. My, okay. my normal editing time was eaten up by that. So, uh, yeah. But uh, but so I didn't know exactly. I knew that I wanted to find out if anybody from Melrose Place was in legal trouble between when the show premiered and 1995 when this episode aired. Um, and just as we kind of explained last week, Melrose Place, American primetime television soap opera, aired on Fox from July 8th, 1992 to May 24th, 1999 for seven seasons. And of course, uh, you know, so I Googled, you know, I looked at, I looked at all the major characters from Melrose Place. And then when I went to the, I went to their Wikipedia page and just did a find for arrest. Mm-hmm. And nobody was really getting in trouble in between 92 and 95. Hmm. You know, uh, you think, yeah, you think people getting uh, running was like run-ins with the cops. You might think Heather Locklear, but she didn't start getting arrested until around 2008. Um, and there's a former Melrose Place actress, Amy Locaine, who played Sandy Harling in season one of the show. Um, she was involved in a fatal 2010 auto accident oh. and has been was given five years behind bars. And so, but anyway, so that's the only thing I could find. I think it was mainly probably just an excuse to name drop the show. You know, it's like, well, a certain cast member from Melrose Place. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily a pop culture reference for the time. It was just, we need to introduce the concept of Melrose Place. We need to give them a reason to talk about it. So <laughs> let's uh, let's do it this way. Well, all right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe once I go back and listen, I'll, you know, I'll go like, oh, here's, here's more about Melrose Place, but uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So here's some more info on the episode, The Beard. Carol Leifer got the idea for the episode from a date she went on as a beard for a gay friend of hers who was in banking. The date was painfully awkward, but she thought the situation had comedic potential. And the idea of posing, of Kramer posing in police lineups came from her reading that David Caruso used to do the same thing when he was a struggling actor. And again, Ted and I are available. Like once we found out this was a $50 oh a gig God. deal... Yeah, if this is still going on, I, yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I'm if, down. I wonder if 25 years later, it's still only a fifty dollar gig, or if it's like, <laughs> if it's like gone up. You know what I mean? Because like, if it's yeah, if it's yeah. still fifty bucks, I'll do it. But even better if yeah. it's like now like a two hundred dollar gig. But e- exclusion is like you can only do it like once a week or something. Right, right. Yeah, that would be a bummer. I mean, hey, two hundred bucks is two hundred you know, bucks. I'd gladly take two hundred bucks. It's great. You know, just it just goes to show you how little money we actually have that during this time of police reform and stuff, Ted and I are willing to sell ourselves to the police for two hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> or fifty take scratch that fifty dollars. We're like, Yeah, defund the police. Oh, can you give us fifty dollars? Yes, we'll work for you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. Of course te- we will. We'll sell te- out everything. <laughs> technically, we're not helping the police. We're trying to help the victim. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that's, well, my, that's my... Uh, police that's my... paid by them. Exactly. Exactly. That That's my uh, backdoor explanation to it. We're just following orders. <laughs> uh, a lot of material from the beard was cut due to time constraints. Jerry and Elaine's meal was supposed to involve a... Uh, or, or evolve into a chopsticks contest. I guess at the beginning, they're eating Chinese food, you might remember. Uh, After Elaine announces she is making her move to convert Robert to heterosexuality, Jerry was to promise to brutally mock her if she fails. And after George tells him it's not a lie if you believe it, Jerry was going to practice this teaching by telling a man it's 2.30 when the clock says it's 4.15, with George nodding in silent approval, which is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like like the funniest scene out of all of them so far. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's such like a basic like non it's 230 
<laughs> you know, like trying to lie about something dumb like that. Uh, in addition, the scene where the lineup participants are told to turn left and then turn right was scripted to end with Kramer singing the Hokey Pokey, but the show's producers weren't able to secure the rights to the song. What? The Hokey Pokey. Yeah, what? I didn't know anyone owned <laughs> the Hokey. Oh, copyright. Here we go. Uh, that's like... In the United Kingdom. Yeah. I was going to say, that's like uh, someone owning the rights to Happy Birthday. Which they did for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. Any that's why restaurants made up their own birthday songs, like "Happy Happy Birthday" from Applebee's to you, because if they performed "Happy Birthday" in a public venue, they would have to pay the licensing fee. I thought I thought the that second line was still part of the song. "Happy Happy Birthday" from Applebee's to you. If we perform the song in a public venue, <laughs> we have to pay the licensing. We, we will get fee. sued. <laughs> yeah, we will get sued much better. <laughs> so in the United Kingdom, I guess. Do they call it? They call it the Hokey Cokey. What? <laughs> Interesting. I guess that's the. I guess that's the original title, the Hokey Cokey. The, the Hokey Cokey. Okay. Yeah, apparently, I did not expect to do a Hokey Hokey Pokey <laughs> or a Hokey Cokey um, <laughs> deep dive at the beginning of this episode, but here we are. Um, and there's a copyright on it in England, apparently still. In the in the UK, the Hokey Cokey is regarded as a traditional song. Oh. And is therefore free of copyright restrictions. In the U.S., Sony ATV Music Publishing controls 100% of the publishing rights to the Hokey Pokey. Wow. That is crazy. Oh, my God. Wow. So you want to do the Hokey Pokey, you got to pay up to Sony. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and the source on that is the obituary for Robert Dagan, who had a hand in the Hokey Pokey, died at 104 in 2009. And I'm trying to find out more... <laughs> All right, I'm done with the I'm done with the hokey cokey. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have done more if I discovered this earlier, but I but I didn't. So all right, I think that's all of the uh, trivia and and homework and stuff that I have from the beard. All right, any other like newsworthy bits? I don't think so. All right, uh, I I did want to mention uh, we did get a really cool shout out this week on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Uh, it's an Australian Seinfeld podcast that, I mean, as I'm sure you can guess by the title, focuses on only the secondary characters in each episode. They they kind of do uh, like random episodes each week, and one of their episodes uh, from, I think, two, maybe three weeks ago at this point was about the visa from season four, talking about Babu Bhatt. Uh, getting getting deported and they, they talked about us like at the beginning like in the middle and at the end so we, we got a uh, we got a couple good plugs from them uh but i cool, wanna, cool. Wanna, i'm gonna have to check that out yeah i want to give a uh, a uh, shout out to those guys because they they uh they're pretty cool they uh they run a good show too um so check out but i don't want to awesome. be a secondary character if you're if you're into that and uh if you guys are listening if you guys are told that we gave you a shout out back uh and you want some no hugging no learning stickers as well just let me know. I'll send them to you. <laughs> Would these be the first Australian stickers? Uh, yes. Yes, I think so. Wow. Nice. They, they, I think they would be the first Trans-Pacific stickers. Uh, because I've sent, er, I, I've sent some Transatlantic uh, to, to uh-huh. Sweden, uh, but I think this would be the first time they would cross the Pacific. Nice. We got to do it. Uh, we do have something in Newman's mail sack today that we'll get to at the end of the show. Uh, with 
Uh, all that being said, if you've never listened to us before, uh, we are not a research-heavy show. Uh, I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet uh, at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker. Just please be sure to send us your address so that we know where to send it to. And uh, if you are rating it on anywhere else, we just ask that you also send us a screenshot of the review because we can only see them on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, that being said, Season 6, Episode 16, The Kiss Hello, original air date, February 16th, 1995, the same night as the episode last week. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, after, I, I was uh, two years, one month, and 27 days old, still, uh, that, that hasn't changed from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking in... Just a, uh, just a half hour, just half hour older. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, if you count this episode and every other episode we have left, we have 74 episodes before we become a, uh, Three Stooges analysis podcast. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if that exists. I don't know if it exists. I would find it hard to believe considering all the number of podcasts, just the law of averages, but you're right. I, I, I haven't, there's not a famous one anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably seven that, that we're all, that we're just like, uh, <laughs> saying, Oh no, they don't exist right now. Uh, but yeah. season six, episode 16, the kiss. Hello. If you're looking in TV guide, the night of February 16th, 95, you are going to see Jerry stops greeting friends with a kiss and uncle Leo puts Nana in a nursing home. Hmm. I already, I already don't care for it, but we'll see when we get to the end if we can think of a better one. Uh, so we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and this is about how hair is fine when it's on someone's head. You'll touch it, you run your fingers through it, you'll kiss people on the head. But if there's a single hair, all of a sudden that's disgusting. Uh, for instance, if it's on food, and I got to agree. I mean, this is pretty funny, and I'm surprised it, it sounded so familiar. Maybe it's because they've already visited a single hair on something, and that's the babka you might remember from the dinner party in season five, episode thirteen. Oh, that's and right. And I'm like, is this a is this a repeat, or is it does it sound familiar because of that? Like, it just seemed kind of weird that we're that and and this had nothing to do with the rest of the episode, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess just hair in general, but like that that could come into Wendy's story arc, but like. It really has nothing yeah, to do with Wendy. Like, the, her hair is, I, I wouldn't even say it's secondary. It's tertiary at best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more just for that final joke at the end of the, you know, at the end of the arc, really. Yeah, so I don't know, I don't know why we're revisiting it over a full season later. Again, the dinner party was season five, episode 13. So, um, yeah, it just seemed just seemed kind of weird. But it was, it's a fine bit, and, and I got to agree, it's weird. And I think we even talked when we talked about the babka that if there's a single hair on something, you and I are both in the camp where we'll take it off and continue eating. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's the mystery hair. Like, if it was, if it was, if I find a hair on something we made in the house, I know it's one of four people. But if, it, if you're out, you're like, well, I don't know anybody. I don't know who's hair this is mm -hmm. you know i don't know what that person does to their hair where they go after they're cooking you know and things like that so i guess that's the mystery of it that 
that really makes that single hair disgusting. But <laughs> but uh, that being said, if it's if it's on, especially if it's on something dry like a roll or something like that, mashed potatoes are one thing. That's probably the worst place you can find a hair. Yeah, yeah, like something and, and something you're gonna eat. Mm-hmm. Anything of that consistency, that creaminess, like cheese would be another. If it's melted inside some cheese, like yeah. that, mac and cheese would be another gross or, or place fi- to find a hair. Finding it like under the cheese in a pizza or something. <laughs> like it, it's yeah. stuck in the sauce, you know? Yes. Yeah. There are there are disgusting hairs, I guess, that even you or, you or I would find disgusting. So we open in Jerry's apartment. Superman's on the fridge and the bookshelf. He's pretty much been there all of season six, mm-hmm. but I feel like I need to mention it because... Why not? It's, you know, just a thing now. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, Jerry and George are talking about the flamenco as a dance, and George wishes... Uh, he, George wonders if it's part of the dating scene in Spain, and he wishes it was part of the dating scene here because he believes he'd be pretty good at it, I guess. Just one of those dumb... I forget what they called him in the... Um, oh, um, what do they call them in the highlights of 100? Side something or other? Uh, <laughs> off the subject, yeah. One of those off the subject conversations that we enter in so often (laughs) so nana calls jerry and she needs him to open a ketchup bottle and jerry and george are going to do it i thought they were going to do it not to jump too far ahead but on the way to lunch they go to lunch first (laughs) so (laughs) nana needs ketchup now (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and we do we like i couldn't do we know where nana lives like (laughs) no (laughs) No, no idea. But George is like, oh, no lunch. And Jerry's like, no, we got time. And I was like, oh, they're going to go and, and see Nana and then go to lunch. No, Jerry <laughs> hates his grandmother, apparently. Jesus. Doesn't want her to have ketchup when she needs it. She can have it an hour or two later, <laughs> <laughs> depending on where she lives. I mean, you know, when you retire, you think, well, yeah, because remember she walked to her bank. But we don't know where that was. Yeah. Um, Maybe we did. But yeah, so I don't know. I You'd hate to think that she might live in one of the outer boroughs, but. She might live in Manhattan because Leo <laughs> visits her and pretty sure he lives in Manhattan because he's always kind of seen around Jerry's neighborhood at the at the laundromat and stuff like that. So maybe she lives in the city, but still, still, Jerry, it's <laughs> Nana. Uh, and George says, you know, why do they still have a bottle like that? Uh, once again, George, way ahead of his time. I mean, if he had just applied a little bit of effort, he could have been the guy that invented the ketchup bottle that we still use today. He's like, why do they put ketchup? Well, he says in a tube and Jerry goes like toothpaste, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, which uh, I did find, I did find disgusting. Yeah. Although I mean, like if it's something that you just, if you keep it in the fridge, I don't see how that would change the, change the taste of the tooth. Uh, yeah. Change the taste of the toothpaste, change the <laughs> taste of the ketchup, you know? No, it wouldn't. It would just, it, it would be a textural thing. It would just be a visceral thing. Like mm, the way it squeezes okay. out would be weird, but it would think of how, convenient just that little stream that little aimable stream would be like on a hot dog on a hot dog for instance you know you get a nice (laughs) cylinder of ketchup right where you want it (laughs) but you know we do have george you know out on the street they continue this conversation and george is talking about squeeze ketchup we have squeeze mustard i've never seen squeeze ketchup well we we do have a better system now i mean george George is on top of it. That's true. That's true. And, and you, even you know, even just, on top of yeah. that, the the bottle that perfected that is the squeeze bottle that is designed to sit upside down. Yeah, bingo. So it squeezes right out of the bottom, and in theory, all of the water should be on top. But I still find that that first squirt is a lot of water. Is that what you find with your squeeze ketchup? Uh, not my ketchup. My mustard is more like that. Like I'll I'll open yeah, up my mustard, mustard yeah. I'll open up my mustard and I'll squeeze it and like I'll squeeze it for like the entire length of a hot dog and not get 
anything but mustard juice. And I'm like, great, this is going to be tasty. Yeah, you still got to shake the ketchup, and you, you, you still got to shake the mustard. Are you talking about the mustard that is up, upside down as well, or are you talking about the French's that still hasn't flipped? I'm talking about the French's that still hasn't flipped. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get water on top of that. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I will but, um, shake it, yeah. though, is the thing. I'll shake it, will. and it's still like, oh, yeah, here's your juice, you idiot. Ugh, yuck. But I just read something last week. I don't know what year it was, but the guy that invented that upside-down squeeze ketchup bottle sold his idea to Heinz for like $13 million or something. Really? Holy That could have been George. Yeah, geez. That could have been George. <laughs> I don't know how uh, you convince a company. Like, how do you... Like there must be some contract, like intellectual property contract, written up where it's like, all right, I'm not, I can't tell you the idea yet because then you'll just do it. But you know, you have to sign on this line that if you like the idea, you have to pay me thirteen million dollars, and if you, if you don't, you won't use it. You know, I mean, what does that contract look like? It's got to be so complicated when you have an idea like that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I guess to wrap my mind around it. I guess like for the meeting, you like all parties could just sign like a standard. Um, uh, what's the what's the term? Uh, the the contract that keeps them from talking about like what happens in the meeting. Yeah, a non disclosure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess like everyone can just sign a, a standard NDA. And maybe he had the patent, and that's what he sold, not necessarily the idea, but but I don't know. I I think that um I, I've heard another I've heard a similar story about a guy who told the toothpaste companies he had an idea to sell like. You know, millions more toothpaste tube. Now, interesting the correlation between ketchup and toothpaste. But they were like, uh, you know, he got paid for the idea, and the idea was to add like two more rolls of bristles because people put toothpaste along the whole toothbrush, and they're actually bigger than they need to be, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because because of this guy, they're bigger than they need to be. He was like, if you do this, people will squeeze out, you know, a centimeter more of toothpaste every time they brush, and then you'll sell X amount of bottles every single year. And then they paid him for that idea. <laughs> And oh so that wasn't God. inventing anything new, just a bigger toothbrush. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Jerry and George are walking down the street and they see Elaine with one of her friends and it's Wendy and the semi-famous Wendy Malik. Did you recognize her from anything? No. Yeah, she's uh, an actor who's been in a ton of stuff. And in fact, a show that I think has come up a couple times, um, Just Shoot Me. She was a, a, a big character on the, the show Just Shoot Me with David Spade and um all those people oh okay so so her her real name is wendy yeah yeah her real name is wendy huh. and uh well maybe we'll, uh, i probably should have looked it up since i recognized her you know sometimes we find these people and we're like um oh i know i know her from something but we'll just do it next time but i know she's done like oh oh she's the voice of um the evil witch in emperor's new groove i do know that oh my god (laughs) yeah uh what else is she known for oh hot in cleveland of course on tv land uh she was in that um the emperor's new groove she was in dream on um she was in the american president i remember that uh alvin and the chipmunks she was in the movie so yeah she's just uh, done a ton of work and a ton of voice work uh and she has been nominated for two primetime Emmys and a Golden Globe. Ooh, How about that? All right. Jeez. Yeah. Scrooge, Racing Stripes, about the racing... Uh, oh, name? God. R- the, racing the, Zebra. The Racing Zebra starring, <laughs> I think, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> is he the voice of the zebra or is he I, Frankie Muniz? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember if he's oh, the she- zebra or if he's the kid who races the zebra. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, listen to her last name in racing stripes. Clara Dalrymple. What? Is, oh, is there a Dalrymple cinematic universe with Russell and Clara? <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So hang on. <laughs> hang on. This means that racing stripes... <laughs> about the racing zebra is in the same universe as Seinfeld. You're damn right it is. Holy shit. Okay. Now yes. we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I have been as excited about a cinematic universe involving Seinfeld since uh, Steve Heitner and his Murphy cinematic universe where every character named Murphy that he's played is related in some way. Oh, good lord! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, so Wendy is on a. Jerry mentions that he's fallen into a kiss hello. He's like, I'm on a kiss hello program with her. They're in a kiss hello routine. He gave her a kiss on her birthday once, and then it just never stopped after that. George, meanwhile, says he is down. Kind of bragging, he's down to one kiss hello. His aunt Celia. And Jerry is like, wow, I really admire you for that. And George is, again, kind of chuffed at that, saying that, uh, you know, he's like, I don't know if you ever said you admire anything, admire (laughs) me before. And Jerry says, no, that's not true. Remember, you're hearing. By the way, we find out, I guess Jerry probably wanted to point out that he does admire him for his hearing because we found out that he lied to George about how good his sight is without his glasses in the episode, The Glasses, another season five semi callback here. It's it's more of a headcanon callback for me where... So he admires George for his hearing, but he's been lying to him all these years after he drove home without his glasses that one time. And he was, oh, yeah, what did he, I forget. He was seeing something on the side of the road. He was like, um, they were mailboxes, not raccoons or something like that. (laughs) And that was season five, episode three. I think the glasses is what I wrote down. They come up. And of course, Wendy gives Jerry the kiss. Hello, George asks Wendy about because she is a uh, physical therapist about some swelling in his arm. And she says, oh, you should just drop by the office. And then Jerry gets a kiss hello and goodbye from Wendy. Yeah, and um, okay, so while we're, since, since we're introduced to the topic of the episode, I, do you know, yeah. like, is was this a common thing? I've never heard of, like, a kiss hello, like, just between, like, people who are casual friends. Like, I've I've heard of, like, uh, like distant family members or, or like, your your grandma or something. We see Jerry gives a kiss hello to his nana in a little bit, but, like... I've never heard of like, oh yeah, we met at a party and we kiss hello, or like, as we see later on in the in the episode, like a kiss hello to your neighbors. Was this a common uh, thing? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I think it was more a common thing. It's weird that so many women are initiating it because it seemed to be more of a thing that like semi creepy kind of douchey guys would do like these sort of like guys that really hold themselves in high regard like "Ah, i must kiss every woman on the cheek when i greet them you know Mm -hmm. like there is something there is something creepy about it if you ask me like if you're doing that like i kind of agree with jerry like i don't see the point of a kiss outside of a sexual relationship yeah yeah this is it's very weird yeah with someone like that that, uh, with a friend yeah i I don't know i mean it's um if there's been another thing that we've covered in in our show that's been so universally accepted that I've never known about, uh, <laughs> please tell me because like I, I I don't know I, I don't know if I've ever seen like the kiss hello in real life, but everyone in this episode is like, oh yeah, 
obviously it's a thing. It's a thing that you do out of respect. I'm like, I literally never kiss someone on the cheek that hasn't been a family member. Yeah, I, I never, I never got where you get the, I'll just say confidence, I guess, to like kiss somebody on the cheek that you, that is just a friend of yours, especially like, I don't know, the wife of your friend or whatever, you know I mean? Like that, that happens. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. This is, it's weird. Yeah. I've, I wish I could explain it. If someone wants to talk, kiss hello with us, you know, please, you know, send us a letter to Newman's mail sack or (laughs) tweet at us or something like explain yourself. I want to say that, like, I want to compare it to an older generation, but like, it's the same kind of guys that will kiss hello that say, be good at the end of a uh, <laughs> uh, an interaction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to throw it way back in our canon. Jeez, I think that's um, I think that's a know. season 1 throwback. My god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that kind it's just sort of I don't know. Like Jerry's going to bring up a character later on or a, a famous guy later on who was who was famous for the kiss hello and Maybe I'll I'll be able to you know collect my thoughts enough to delve into it again. But no, I, it, it's something neither of us understand, and I can't explain. But I, but I've seen it a lot, and I'm I'm sort of hopeful when I when you hear when I hear from you that you have never seen this in practice because it means it's going away. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I I'm just uh, I'm just glad it's not <laughs> only me who hasn't heard of this. Yeah, I've at least seen it. I've I've never experienced it. That's the other thing. I don't think I'm a kiss. I don't think I've gotten a kiss hello. But I know about it, but it's it's going away, which is good, which is good. <laughs> um, well, and I think it has to do with, you know, because, again, I put it more on guys. Like, I can't believe all the women that want to kiss hello in this because I, I think of it more of a guy on woman thing. And I think what's put a stop to it is like women finally getting a voice to be saying, like, I do not consent, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Absolutely. consent became a thing, even with the kiss. Hello, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you can't just assume that that's something we're going to do now over at Monks. Elaine is mad at George for asking Wendy for advice on his arm outside of the office. And George goes off on a rant about how why can't you ask anybody about what they do when they're outside of the office? Like there's some delicate genius that can only work inside the confines of the office, which I thought was pretty funny. And I, and I got to agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. George has got a point here. Yeah. I mean, work is work and, and you you know, you want to get paid for doing what you do, but also it's what you'd spend 90% of your time doing. So you might as well talk about it mm-hmm. outside of the office. The delegate genius. I love how he kept coming back to that. <laughs> Jerry uh, says no more kiss. Hello. He says that was my last kiss. Hello. And again, he says no point in it. I don't see the point of a kiss outside a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also bring up Wendy's hairdo, and Jerry's mentions it's something out of a high school yearbook, which is pretty funny. It is like a very 50s-style, big bouffant, flip-out hairdo. Yeah. It's really weird, even in 95, for someone to be sporting that. I mean, well before, uh, you know, Amy Winehouse, say, made that kind of haircut. <laughs> and Vogue again in New yeah. York City. And we, um, I-, I don't know if you caught this, we get like the weird, like, uh, foreshadowing statement from Jerry to kind of... Uh, take a look at modern times. He's like, I'm not a fan of all the handshaking either, but one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's probably going away forever. Although I got to admit, like I am such a slave to muscle memory and just social anxiety that I've already, I've shaken like at least two or three people's hands. Really? In oh the last God. month. Yeah. I, I know. I... Because if a hand is put out, I will shake it because 
the awkwardness of having to say, oh, you know, we're not really supposed to be shaking hands or I'm not, I don't want to shake hands because of the thing, you know, like it insinuates the other person is dirty for, you know, and some like, at least that's in my head. Like it insinuates the other person is sick and will get me sick. But in reality, it's just like, you're not supposed to be doing it right now, but I'm just, I'd rather just shake their hand and sanitize like mad five minutes later than Got it. Okay. Get see, it, then, then get involved in a conversation. See, I was at an event where I, I showed up and like people like extended their hands for, for me to shake. And I almost did. And I'm like, oh, wait. And then I fist bumped everybody. And they kind of looked at me yeah. like I was weird. I'm like, don't. Don't give me that shit. I'm not shaking anybody's hand right nah. now. Like I, I, I nah, know the you, non handshakers are right. Yeah, I, I know you guys, but like I don't know what you're doing in in your free time. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who you're hanging out with. I don't know if you're uh, clean. I don't know if you're asymptomatic. You know. Exactly. They don't. They don't know if they're asymptomatic. Yeah. You know. But, it's just, but I felt like, like I felt like the, the fist bump was much better than than the handshake. I um, had to talk to a salesperson on Friday at my job and like, first of all, he came into the like really tiny production studio. So I had to like wheel back my chair up against the wall because I don't think I don't think the place is six feet wide. I'm like, (laughs) what are you? And the, the second he comes in, he like extends his hand and I like I looked at it for a beat. And and then he kind of gave me like ah come on or something like that and I was like oh okay I guess I'm shaking uh, um, yeah <laughs> it, it wasn't like an ah come on but it was that kind of like he extended it I stared at it for you know whatever a beat is and then he like kind of pushed it towards me it was like <laughs> ah, it's you know gave me like an it's okay sort of thing and I'm like no it's not but I'm gonna shake it because I'm just that socially <laughs> awkward that I can't. I can't, I can't. I won't even stand up for my own personal health. <laughs> <laughs> to you, the person that is visiting several businesses in a day, you know. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, absolutely. Well, I, <laughs> ideally, ideally, I know like there's a couple, a couple people like that up here that go out with, uh, with the disguise of visiting several businesses in a day, and then they just go and hang out at a coffee shop all day long. Well, that's that's the salesperson's way. I mean, I can't tell you how many salespeople I run into at like Target after I leave around noon, you know, and I'm walking around doing some grocery shopping, and I'm like, "Oh, good lord! Oh, hi! Hey, shouldn't <laughs> yeah. you be working?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to land that Target account. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure that's a national account. <laughs> oh no, the local Target wants to advertise more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exclu- more than the national guys. <laughs> exclusively this Target. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking to the uh, 16-year-old that manages it about doing some more advertising. <laughs> Apparently, they have the budget, so. <laughs> All right, see you around. Um, and so Jerry and Elaine come up with a plan to get Kramer to tell her because once uh, Kramer's introduced, like, for instance, the nose job, uh, he'll just come out. He, you know, he has no filter, so he'll tell her, oh, your hair, it's awful. You should get a change. It's out of style or whatever. So... Uh, right at that moment, Kramer comes in and he wants a picture of Jerry for the lobby at their building. So everyone knows everyone's name. And this is honestly, I mean, you could put Kramer on the opposite spectrum of George on some sort of character alignment chart, because what Kramer is saying is that we don't live in a society and he wants to live in a society where people know each other's names. <laughs> That's the kind of society that Kramer wants to live in. So 
That's uh, that's what he's that's where he that's what he's after. Jerry's not into it though. Uh, over at Nana's again, Jerry went there after their nice long long lunch at Monk's, mm-hmm. and Leo is there as well, also to uh, help her open. I, she called Leo because I guess Jerry didn't show up after a couple hours. That, that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing like Leo came over because it had been three <laughs> hours, and Jerry still hadn't yeah. shown up to open up Nana's bottle of ketchup. Yeah, yeah, they're lounging after a nice European lunch at Monk's a Cafe, um, and they fight over opening the ketchup bottle, which is hilarious. And Nana starts talking about things from decades ago. You know, she's kind of uh, kind of losing her mental capacity. She talks about the neighbor, their neighbor Buddy, wanting to get Buddy to open the the ketchup, and then she was like, "Oh, Leo, did you give fifty dollars to Helen? Remember, your dad won a thousand dollars at the track, and he gave you a hundred, and he told you to give fifty to Helen, <laughs> and." Uh, I love Leo going, what are you, t- I don't know your mother $50. <laughs> and he like fake laughs. And Jerry's like, Jerry's squinty stare at Leo during his nervous laughter was like my first really good laugh of this whole episode. <laughs> I loved it. Jerry's just staring down his nose at him and Leo's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, like his, his just yeah, nervous, I- like continued laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and over at the apartment, Jerry uh, runs into the super, Julio, about not having any hot water in the hallway. Um, when Jerry gets up to his apartment, Kramer is already in there rifling through his stuff, looking for a picture. And Kramer, again, is trying to convince Jerry. I love this line, too. I, I laughed at this one. Uh, you know, that it, it's be, it, the building would be better if everybody knew everybody. He's like, you don't rob someone if you know their name. And Jerry goes, you're robbing me. <laughs> <laughs> And meanwhile, Elaine comes in and Kramer is, is walking out. But Elaine asked Kramer to come back uh, in five minutes. But she can't say why, obviously, because if they let Kramer out on the plan, he won't do it. As Jerry mm-hmm. said, he won't do it if you tell him to. You have to just put it in front of him and let him do it. But so Kramer's like, why? He's like, I don't know. And Elaine says, I just want to see you again. <laughs> and Kramer is like, really? Um, He's into you know, it. He really takes that compliment to yeah. heart. Which I, I'm wondering, like, why wouldn't why wouldn't Elaine just say, "I've got a friend coming over that I want you to meet"? Like, would would he not be as forward? Like, it's it's not telling him the plan, but yeah, it it still gets him over to meet Wendy. Yeah, but it, it, you don't, and but you don't know why. You know that insinuates, oh, there's going to be some kind of hookup situation. So mm, he might be a different. Okay. You know, he might be date Kramer. He might might, he might be, be date Kramer. Might be a different Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you want to go into as little information as possible. It seems like. Um, and Jerry's mom calls, and Jerry sort of recounts the story about when the dad winning money at the track. Do you remember this, mom? And you know, tells her that Leo owes her fifty bucks from that. Over at Del Boca Vista, the retirement community where uh, the Seinfelds live, Morty is calculating interest in various situations over 53 years for that $50 and finds out, I guess, in just a regular old savings account with a conservative interest rate, it would still be worth $663.45. God. And then he goes on about like a T-bill, like a 10-year T-bill and stuff like that. Um, And he says that Leo is not getting away with this. Has it been addressed that they do live in Del Boca Vista yet? Has that name been thrown around? That I don't know. This looked like a kind of a different setup than we've seen before. I didn't really recognize this room, I don't think. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's ever been mentioned, at least yet, that they live in Del Boca Vista. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. This 
was it the same kitchen set, just a different angle that we've seen? You know, we've seen that wide angle mm-hmm. where the kitchen's over here, and then the front door, and then more hallways and stuff. I think I think it's the same set, but I and please anybody listening to this that knows like the origins of the name Del Boca Vista, correct me. I, I don't think it's been mentioned up to uh, and encompassing this episode. Yeah, I don't think it has either. The only thing that I can think that might have happened is we've saw we saw like a sign, you know, in like an establishing shot. But even that, mm. I, I can't say for sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm honestly yeah, we'll not sure. To, might have to dig into that and see when the the name is first mentioned. Over in Jerry's apartment, Wendy buzzes up, and Jerry is looking forward to his first no kiss hello, and he also references that. Again, more about his problem with the, the kiss hello, which Elaine doesn't understand why he doesn't like it. So it's interesting that we're hearing at least the other side of the argument there that yeah. it's not a big deal. But <laughs> he hates the obligation, too. It's like, oh, you know, you have to do it every time. But I love this. I, I laughed at this, too. Now, if I could touch a breast as part of a kiss hello, uh. then I would see some value. <laughs> and and then Elaine, Elaine just like throwing Jerry under the bus. She's like, how about an intercourse hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love this. Well, Lane, now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! But I agree, it's got to go one direction of, or the other. Like no kiss, or it's got to be completely, you know, the other direction. <laughs> now, if I could touch a breast, now I, <laughs> then I would see some value. <laughs> so Wendy comes in, and Jerry. The way Jerry gives her the slip is he has his head in the fridge. <laughs> and he's looking for, you know, he's not looking for anything. He just pretends. He, and she's like standing there waiting for the kiss. Hello. And as he stands up, I loved this too. He opens the freezer door and she almost like face plants right into it because she thought he was getting up for the kiss hello. But yeah, uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he, it's so hilarious. he almost smacks her right in the face because she's advancing on him at that point. And, and then Jerry. Uh, but then she gives up and goes to sit on the couch. Yeah, and then Jerry's just like, oh, look at that. We're almost out of Klondike bars. <laughs> yeah. And once she is, once he's safe, Jerry comes out of the fridge and he's very happy with, with what happened. Meanwhile, Wendy says that George visited her office the other day, but he canceled on her today. And Jerry mentions that he had to take his mom to the Chiropodist. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. I have no clue. (laughs) I'll have to put it down for next week. I thought it was something that was either made up or George was mispronouncing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound a Chiropodist. I don't know. It sounds like somebody who works on Sherpas only. <laughs> I guess I'd be a sh- Sherpologist. Sh- sh- Sherpadologist? <laughs> Sherpatologist. <laughs> Sheropodist and a Sherpatologist. Uh, so Kramer comes in and he snaps a sneaky snapshot Polaroid of Jerry right as he turns around. And Jerry says, you know, fine. He relents. Fine. Put the picture up. And meanwhile, Kramer gets a look at Wendy, and he is shocked. And we're like, oh, here it goes. And everyone's like, yes, this is it. It's going to happen. Um, he's shocked at first, but then he, he loves it. He was like, oh, my gosh, you'd be a damn fool to change that hair when she says she was thinking about how it's time for a change. And he does a hilarious pitch, picture gag where he holds up the Polaroid to her, and it doesn't quite work. And then he puts it in front of his face, and it and it, the flash goes off in his face. It, it's, it's pretty funny. This just makes me think, like, if Kramer was a gun owner he would be the type of person that accidentally shoots himself in the face. Yes, he'd be dead already. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would have have been dead a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, So in Wendy's car later, Wendy is asking about uh, Kramer. uh, And Elaine's like, why? You want to go out with him? And 
Wendy's like, well, what is there anything wrong with him? This and was, Elaine like shorts out. <laughs> this was perfect. This was so good. Elaine just she just zones out, and Wendy's like, Elaine, and Elaine's just like, I'm just thinking about the question. <laughs> I'm thinking about the question. That is a loaded question when it comes to Kramer. Is there any, you have to examine like every, like, is there anything wrong with him? Is there anything wrong with him? Is there anything wrong with Uh, him? Him? (laughs) Yeah. The the emphasis can be put Um, on every aspect of that question and every instance of it would be right. Is there anything wrong with him? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure that's what Elaine was doing in her head. <laughs> so over at Pro Fitness Physical Therapy Center, which I was certain I was going to discover is fake, is actually very real. Really? Yeah, there are two locations in New York City, actually. One in Brooklyn Heights and one on the Upper East Side. And you might think, oh, George, who now lives in Manhattan, probably visiting the Upper East Side location. But I guess Wendy works at the Brooklyn Heights location because that's what this is. Hmm. Judging by the street sign, Borum Place, I could actually make out an actual street sign. So, wow. Um, but yeah, yeah. But Pro Fitness Physical Therapy Center is not at Borum Place anymore. I guess it used to be there, but it has moved about four blocks away to the intersection of Court and Jorah Lemon. But still oh, in Brooklyn Heights, still in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I I just remembered so. I just remembered when uh, when Grace and I went to New York and we walked from like uh, Manhattan to uh, uh, about like 20th and then took a lift across the Brooklyn Bridge and then walked all the way back to Manhattan. We we ended up in Brooklyn Heights in like this super wealthy neighborhood and it was like a day that whoa I, I guess like Trump was flying into New York and like we saw his like. Uh, helicopter land across the river and we're we're in like this park like down the hill from like this super wealthy like condo building uh and this couple that lives in the building saw us and they're like oh do you guys live in the building like that that was it was was a really big compliment like they thought that we were rich enough (laughs) to live in fucking manhattan riverside condo building like wa- watching watching uh, the the president's helicopter fly in, I'm like, wow, that that kind of boosted my ego a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Yes. Well, in fact, I'm head of the co-op. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. You you've just never seen me before, and you'll never see me again because <laughs> we are coincidentally moving out today. <laughs> yeah well today's yeah well, we moved yeah we're moving out well you know i had a great idea since i was president of the co-op to put everybody's picture up in the lobby in their name but i guess you would have known me if that had happened <laughs> so george has, has had his first appointment with wendy and his arm does feel a lot better and he goes to pay but he is stopped because he owes double the appointment fee he owes for yesterday's appointment too because he didn't cancel before 24 hours uh, you know they they require a 24 hour notice for cancellation or you have to pay for the appointment and george george once again mentions that he has had to bring his mother to the chiropodist an emergency chiropodist visit uh <laughs> and so he's very upset about once again the delicate genius has a policy oh we have a policy the delicate <laughs> genius has a policy uh, after wendy comes out and backs up the fact that yeah, she's charging him for both because he canceled without 24 hours, which is messed up. Yeah, yeah. J- either charge him the cancellation or charge him for the appointment. Like, I don't I don't see charging double, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's such a scam. In Jerry's apartment hallway, the foyer, the entryway, whatever you want to call it, uh, Kramer is putting up all the pictures and the names. Jerry's picture is awful. You can tell that he took it <laughs> while he was, you know, like in mid mid yell, mid shock, just 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 kind of screaming and, and just looks awful. Um, and it's already working because Steve comes in and, and greets Cosmo, gets off the elevator, and then Mary comes in and asks Jerry for help with the package and gives him a kiss thank you, which, which cracks Elaine up, who is standing there. <laughs> which, th- this was so weird because Mary comes in and she's like, oh, hello, Jerry, now that I know your name, I wanted to talk yeah. to you. We, we love your, we love your act. We see you on TV all the time. Mary, if you see him on TV all the time, wouldn't you know his name already? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why didn't, did you watch this on Hulu? Why don't I remember that? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that line at all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess I just went right past it because she goes, I, yeah, Jerry. And yeah, I guess I guess I just totally went over that line. Um, but yeah, and she asked for help with a package. Yeah. But yeah, maybe... Um, I don't know why she wouldn't know his name if she watches him all the time. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's like he's he's this uh uh localized celebrity within his building, but no one retains his name. <laughs> I also love how Elaine is cracking up because she knows Jerry hates what happened so much. Her her expressions are really great in this scene. Mm-hmm. Up in the apartment. Ma, uh, Jerry's mom calls and says that Leo put Nana in a home and Jerry suspects it's maybe to keep her quiet about that $50 that Leo was supposed to give his sister Helen back in who knows when the 60s or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, 53 years ago. So that would be uh, in the 90s. 1942? Um, fo- I, I, was it 42 or 43? I can't remember what. I can't remember what Morty is saying when he's like calculating his interest next time we see him. Well, he said he said fifty three years. So okay, so yeah, I guess it'd be forty two. Then it's forty two. That's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, back in nineteen forty two. So uh, in the apartment hallway, Jerry is getting attacked with kiss hellos now. <laughs> uh, I mean, and small talk and conversation from every side. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone who comes in wants to talk to him, and like the woman who's like. How's it going, Jerry? He's like, good, good, not great, fine, great. Yeah, like it's just Jerry's worst nightmare now. Yeah, we small talk with strangers that we, he doesn't have any time for. Yeah, we meet Joan, we meet uh, Louise, who Joan is, and this is an actress that I did recognize. Uh, she played, what? yeah, she played Freddie's mom on the Nickelodeon show iCarly. No way! Yeah. Wow. How about that? Which man? Um, what's her What's her actual name? Did you write it down? Nope, I have no idea. Uh, but you know okay. the guys that. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Are gonna have a field day with this episode if they haven't already covered it. Oh yeah, totally. What? Um, which one is Joan? Is she kind of the shorter, bigger one, or mm-hmm. is she the one with like uh, the? Is she kind of tall and has the sh- the short? parted hair the the taller one with the parted hair she's she's the first one ah, in this okay. scene. yeah got oh she's the good not great mm-hmm. lady yep. got it yeah i totally didn't recognize her at all <laughs> 
but I never saw you ne- iCarly. You never watched iCarly. You were like a you were like a, a mid twenties <laughs> man whenever iCarly was on. I'd I'd probably judge you if exactly. you were watching iCarly at the age of like twenty six. But I do. Is that Miranda Cosgrove? Is she iCarly? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then I got I. I yeah, all of those, all of those Nickelodeon and Disney shows from that area run together. So I really thought that was a Disney show, but mm, I Carly, okay. I do know Miranda Cosgrove, and I like her. I don't know what she's up to though, but I thought she was good in School of Rock. That was the first time I saw her. <laughs> I hope she's doing okay. Yeah, she's, you know what she's doing? She, uh, not now, but I know she was in the music video for Marshmallows Happier. Oh yes, right, right. Yeah, that old. Yeah. That old chestnut that yeah. nobody should watch. Oh my god! That uh, that the <laughs> the song that sounds super happy, but then you watch the video and it's about a girl growing up who gets a puppy for her birthday and then her dog fucking dies. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad. It's a very sad video. Oh my god! It was so. It, it was awful. It's awful. <laughs> cool. Over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is angry at Kramer for his his. The plan to put everyone's picture up now because, you know, he was getting attacked with small talk and kiss hellos. But I like, well, here's what he says to Kramer. I'm like Richard Dawson down there now. Did you did that reference land at all on you? No, I, I was wondering, is, is Richard Dawson the guy from the newlywed game? I don't think he hosted the newlywed game. I know. So Richard Dawson kind of got his start on Hogan's Heroes. Okay. And then he became like a, a game. He was a game show guy. I don't think he did the newlywed game, though. I know he was famous for maybe being the first host of Family Feud. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. And that's his, where I know him from. Okay. Uh, but I, I was wondering, I'm like, the the only thing that I, the only host I know from uh, the newlywed game is Chuck Woolery. And who oh boy, our, our depth of Chuck <laughs> Woolery right. on this podcast has, it r- runs deep. <laughs> Yeah, it it does. There's a thread of Chuck Woolery that runs through. <laughs> um, but so Richard Dawson, especially on Family Family Feud and later on Match Game, they were probably running concurrently. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I, but I'm not sure. But I love him on Match Game too. He's very funny. But he's like Mister Charming Debonair guy, and especially on Family Feud, every single woman on both families had to get the kiss hello from. He made a point, like when he went down the line. You had to lean over that desk and give Richard Dawson the kiss hello. And I, oh, I mean, I, he probably wasn't denied once in his what, however long his run was as host of that show. It was like his trademark. The kiss hello was his trademark. Was was he the one giving the kiss or was he the one getting the kiss? I think probably both. I think there are women who are excited to have kissed Richard Dawson, give Richard Dawson a kiss hello. But I mm-hmm. think it probably started with him going in for the kiss, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, and that's that's kind of what I, that's kind of where I land on this, like the creepy '70s guy who thinks he deserves, like who it is kind of a sexual thing. Yeah. You know, like I'm in a position of power, and I this is what I want from you. You know what I mean? Like that's where I, that's where it breaks, it really breaks down for me. You know that situation, even though it was supposed to be cute and charming and debonair, like I said. Looking back on it, it feels Weinsteinian, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, especially in in today's in today's society, uh, this is a huge red flag. This is a huge no no. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree. <laughs> it's weird. 
this is uh, and the Richard Dawson thing, by the way, I, I have to note is maybe the first ancient reference that I've ever genuinely laughed at. You know, most <laughs> of the time Jerry drops one of these and it's just puzzlement. But because I got it, I was like, yeah, you know, because Richard Dawson, I mean, at this point in Seinfeld, I mean, I'm sure um, who's the other famous there. There was a little guy who used to host in the 90s that I really liked. I really thought was funny. I, I forget his name. But, um, you know, Richard Dawson was probably already dead by 95. Oh, my God. And uh, w- like all of like all of Jerry's references. And but this is the first one that I genuinely laughed at. That's in that category. <laughs> um, but Kramer is still holding steadfast, saying he liberated Jerry from his loneliness, <laughs> which we know Jerry loves very much being alone. But Jerry still declares no more kissing. And it's at that point that Kramer plants one right on his lips at the very second that George opens the, opens the door and they all look at each other, and George just sort of slowly backs out and closes the door. <laughs> <laughs> this might, uh, if I can find this in gift form, it might replace uh, Homer backing through the hedges for me. Really? I might start using this instead of, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the gif exists. Just, to find, just, uh, just for something new, you yeah, know? Just, just for some variety. Just to switch it up. Yeah, and, and uniqueness, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, everyone uses Homer in the hedges, but no one, which by the way, I don't, did you read that, um, I don't know if you were, that's the only thing that really offended me out of the, because, um, you know, millennials are getting dragged on TikTok and Twitter by Generation Z. <laughs> did you see any of those? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, the the only one that really offended me was, why do millennials, uh, like, send gifts so much? Why do they communicate only in gifts? And I was like, <gasps> I didn't know that was uncool. Oh, no. <laughs> great. <laughs> I used to be with it. And now what's it is scary or whatever that uh, great quote. I'm like, I didn't know. Like, my Twitter feed is 99% reaction gifts. Oh, no. I I have <laughs> felt like in the especially in the past couple of months, I feel like, hmm, I feel like I'm the only person who uses gifts in our friend group. Uh, but uh, especially like whenever it's someone's birthday, I always make it a point to send an ironic, uh, minions, <laughs> happy birthday gift. Always. That's cr- and I mean, I, I, there's I not hope, a more millennial sentence it, on the planet right I, now. I hope at this point, I hope at this point it, that's become part of my brand is that whenever it's your birthday <laughs> in our friend group that you get a minions, happy birthday gift. Mine is Wednesday, Ted. Uh, if you, I don't know if I've ever gotten one from you, so oh god, I don't know if that's a new thing within the last year, but <laughs> but now I better get my ironic. Do you text it or you put it on Facebook or what? Well, it's uh, it's typically just been a thing like in our in our group chat, like with uh, with oh, with I Grace, see. myself, and our immediate friends. But you know, I will hook you up with the Minions birthday gift. Yes, because <laughs> there's Sweet. a few. And I think of we them. should offer that. There's a few of them. I think we should offer that on Twitter too. <laughs> Tweet at Ted if it's your birthday, and he'll tweet back a, uh, uh, you know, uh, no hugging, and then he'll tweet back the the minion's birthday gift for you. But I mean, I, like I said, I don't think there's a more millennial sentence than on people's birthday. I make it a point to send an ironic minion's gift <laughs> because oh you're solidly God. a millennial. I yeah. mean, you're not you're not in any part of you're not in like a Gen Z. No, but I'm, chasm, are you? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. much closer to Gen Z than you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you're also like, what are what are young? How old are young millennials? Uh, are you are you considered the lower end? About that, I would say the oldest Gen Z is probably like 24, like 22, like 22 okay. to 24, and I'm 27 Got right it. now. So I would say uh, like 25, hmm. like 25, 26 around there are, are the youngest millennials right now. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely on the upper end of, of the millennial. I'm, I've always, I think I'm like, they, they created that zenial category mm-hmm. with an X, which is like the end of Gen X, the beginning of millennials. So, but I've always identified more with millennials. And now, especially after reading what, <laughs> how to viciously mock a millennial by Gen Z, I'm like, yeah, this is all me. This is all me. But I had no idea it was like uncool to send gifts. I thought, and you know why, I'm, I mean, you know why I like them is because just like with all technology, like we, I had a analog childhood and a digital adolescent and adulthood yeah and so when gifts came out that was amazing like (laughs) here's a three second movie of a movie that i like or whatever that also um is the it's it's exactly how i'm feeling right now you know like that escalated quickly that's how i feel and i like that movie and i want that little three second clip of of ron burgundy saying that escalated quickly it's it's almost like still yeah it's almost like if you know if you don't know like the specific dividing line between generations, at least between millennials and zennials, or not zennials, uh, zoomers. Uh, I, oh, I don't uh, know if you've ever heard that term. Like Z- Gen Z oh, yes. is just being called zoomers. But it, yeah. what, what kind of defines Gen Z is like people who have never known a day of their life without the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the internet didn't come along for me until freshman year, I would say, of high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely remember a time before we had dial-up internet. So I, I I can't call myself Gen Z for that exact reason. And But, but you do like GIFs, but you're, you're, you kind of use them ironically. Yes. I, I do like GIFs, but I was practicing a TikTok dance earlier today. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing. Like, I have no interest in TikTok, mainly because I know I would probably suck at it, and like, I wouldn't do anything good or interesting. And and I already do that on all social media. I don't need to suck on another social media. It would, it would just be total, especially one where I might get made fun of by someone who's like eighteen. It would just be total cringe material. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that could be my brand. Yes, just cringe. Hashtag cringe. But I'd be like, no, I'm I'm ironically cringing. I'm it's ironic cringe. I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> So over at back at uh, physical therapy, pro fitness, physical therapy, Wendy can't make her appointment and George shows up and the uh, receptionist says, oh, we left a message a few hours ago. You didn't get it. And George is like, oh, I'm sorry. I require a 24 hour notice for cancellation. (laughs) So you owe me seventy five dollars. Is that going to be cash or check? And then he does a little thing that the receptionist has been doing to him every time he's been there before <laughs> and I, I i mean again i wish this plan would have worked it, it's this to me is like so larry david this storyline with george yeah it, you, you can tell it like it, it could be easily something that happened on curb and so uh, i i really like it over in wendy's car what wendy had to do because she was canceled to cancel her appointment with george was go skiing with elaine and take the day off and she drops elaine off three blocks away from her apartment so that she doesn't have to have an inconvenient trip home because there's so many one-way streets oh and you got to go around the park and this and so it's just easier if you get out now and that way i can make the turn and and just go home yeah because and it, it, so it would Elaine be, gets out it would of the be car. more convenient for her yeah more convenient for wendy's mm-hmm. car ride home uh and elaine cut to elaine struggling to carry her boots and her poles and her skis and her <laughs> bags and all of her ski equipment up the manhattan street uh, out on the street the next day, Elaine and Jerry are talking about Wendy, and Elaine's explaining that she dropped dropped her. You know, she had driven her whatever it was, 120 miles, and then all of a sudden decided the trip was over. Yeah. And Elaine thinks she pinched a nerve 
carrying all of her crap. So she's <laughs> going to go see her about that. Uh, in Jerry's entryway, in his apartment entryway, he denies Mary the kiss hello. And Louise, too, all while sort of like apologizing and saying he's not comfortable with it. And all excuses that should land on Mary and Louise. But we're going to find out they don't. But he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I just I don't want to do it anymore. And, and the fact that he says it makes me uncomfortable. That I feel like should have been the last straw for them. Like, oh, oh my gosh, so sorry. You know? Yeah, I don't see why. Like, like of course, kissing a person. I don't yeah. see why this is an offensive thing for Jerry to do. Yeah, no, it shouldn't have been. He's in. He's in the right here. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, his mom calls again, and <laughs> Leo says they have no proof that you know he owes him fifty bucks. Morty is still doing investment calculations. I don't know if he's gotten up from the table in the past twenty four hours. He he might not have, but like th- this, the most recent number that he runs, he's like, "Did you know that in an above averaging performing performing growth mutual fund?" And then th- the scene just kind of cuts out. Like Morty, there is absolutely no chance that anybody given fifty dollars in the forties would have just run to the bank first off, put that money into an above average performing growth mutual fund. It would have been used immediately. Yeah, $50 given to, I don't know know how old his mom was in 1942, but probably pretty young. (laughs) They say, they tell Jerry to go visit Nana in the retirement home and Kramer tags along for a second down to the hallway with Jerry and Jerry's picture in the foyer has been defaced. Mm. Um, You know, his teeth are blacked out. His eyes look funny. His lips, he's got like, did I see like a knife coming out of the side of his skull with like blood drops? I think I noticed that. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Oh my god, that's grim. The I know the most noticeable thing is that on his forehead is written "Grade A Dork," <laughs> which there's no more '90s in mid '90s insult than "Grade A Dork." <laughs> <laughs> and Jack comes in, one of the neighbors, and gives Jerry the cold shoulder. Julio says that Jerry's only being nice when he needs something and maybe Julio will get to fixing Jerry's hot water heater after he fixes things for people who can be civil to each other. And Jerry turns around and glares at Kramer because he blames him for all of this uh, over at Knoll Ridge nursing home, which is not real. You might be, uh, maybe not surprised to know. Yeah. I wasn't surprised about this one, but Knoll Ridge nursing home is, is not real near as I can tell. Jerry is talking to a nurse about Nana and she's saying, Oh, you know, she's, she likes it here. She's playing cards right now. She even ran into an old neighbor friend. And Jerry goes, buddy. And the nurse goes, yeah, that's his name. He's right over there. <laughs> and back at the physical therapy place, George has no look, no luck getting the cancellation money from Wendy or the receptionist or anything. Elaine comes in and asks for treatment for the pinched nerve from carrying mm-hmm. all the stuff. And Wendy inquires about her insurance situation. You have insurance, right? And Elaine can't believe that she's getting charged because she could have driven her three blocks and then she wouldn't have had the pinched nerve, but no, she had to carry all this cumbersome, awkward equipment three blocks to her apartment. And so she should get it for free. Meanwhile, George storms back in. He had left, but he storms back in and says, Oh, that's why you had to take Wednesday, Wednesday off. You went skiing. And <laughs> Wendy's like, how did you hear that? And George, as a callback to the beginning of the episode goes, I hear everything. <laughs> and <laughs> Wendy kicks them both out. At which point Elaine decides to tell her, how out of style and uh, awful her hairdo is, which the receptionist confirms. And I love when Elaine starts winding up and turns around and is like, oh, by the way, you can see George is like so giddy that, that someone's about to <laughs> tell off Wendy, you know, like so giddy that it's almost like when he gave Jerry the okay to tell John Lovitz 
that he knew he he found out that George told him he didn't have cancer. You yeah, know? he's like jo- he's so giddy that there's like someone's about to get insulted or something. Gary, Gary's like, you didn't, I did, I did. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you could when Elena's winding up, George is like, oh, this is gonna be great. I get to see. <laughs> Someone publicly humiliated. I think that's something that he's excited about oh, seeing. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, over at Knoll Ridge, again, Jerry is talking to Buddy, who confirms the story about the $1,000 track win and the $100 that 50 of which is supposed to go to Helen. So Leo is busted, and uh, and he shows up, and Jerry tells him as much. In the apartment hallway, Jerry is now ignored by everyone and Mary gets to a boiling point where she tells him to just move out of the building. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Nobody wants you here, I think she says. Yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, nobody wants him here. Why don't you just get out of this building? Like, Jesus. <laughs> because he didn't want to kiss That's... you guys on the cheek? Like, good Lord. That's That's got to be difficult to hear. Even for somebody who doesn't like people like Jerry Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> nobody wants you here. That's That's like, that cuts deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, so that's pretty much the end of the episode we do get one little epilogue in the apartment Jerry comes over asking to use Kramer's shower because his hot water still hasn't been fixed but Kramer is uh, well no it's not that Wendy's over because that ended once she changed her hair Kramer hated it uh, but Kramer is having a party with a ton of people from the building and no one likes Jerry so he can't come in and Jerry is shut out of the big apartment party Oh boy! All that's right, pretty much it. all right. Uh, did we have any homework for this week? Yeah, we'll look up the Chiropodist, and I think there was one more thing that we were kind of hemming and hawing about. But no, I don't. I can't come across it. But maybe it'll. Uh, maybe in the re-listen, it it'll uh, it'll reveal itself. Okay. But at it, least uh, Chiropodist, we'll uh, find out what that is. All right. Uh, did we want to come up with a better description? I think we can try. So we had Jerry stops greeting friends with a kiss. And Uncle Leo puts Nana in a nursing home. Hmm. All right, let's tackle the first part first. Jerry, Jerry stops, stops greeting friends with a kiss. I don't think that's so bad. You, you, what do you think of that? I, I don't mind it. Because the, the, the decision okay. that he makes to stop doing the kiss hello is very early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Leo puts Nana in a nursing home... I mean, I like it because it's like, you know, oh, why? Why does why does he do that? But I think we can back up even further before he puts her in the home. Like Nana, Nana reveals a family secret or Nana or Nana. But that's not really the case because she reveals Leo's secret. Yeah. Mm. Does it, do does it to, have to be something is this with too Nana? Wordy? Does it have to be something with Nana and Leo? Because that's like the C oh. story at best. Oh. What do you think the other one should be? Should, George and I, the I think it should be something about Wendy. Wendy, Wendy, yes. But there's there is so much involved with Wendy. We got the hair, we got the cancellation, we got the drop off of Elaine. Or maybe we can even just like uh roll it into the first part of the first part of the description. Jerry stops greeting uh-huh. friends with a kiss, starting with Elaine's friend Wendy. I like it. I like it. How about that? How yeah, about that? I like that. All right. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't yeah it, <laughs> Yeah, okay, great. Okay, uh, so uh, options for cover art for this episode. I I wrote down uh, Kramer kissing Jerry as George walks in, and then I also wrote down Leo just awkwardly laughing off, owing his sister $50. <laughs> I got to go with the the only, I, as much as I loved that 
the stare and Leo laughing, I got to go with Jerry and Kramer kissing. Okay, okay. That's, I, that's I, the, the first time that it has stuck out to me that like I, fi- I was like, <laughs> I finally have an answer for the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that. That's what I was hoping you would say. Um, okay, so yeah. let's let's get into Newman's mail sack. So we got a physical piece of mail for Newman's mail sack. I think I sent you the photo of this um, from yeah. from Megan, who sent us a card reading. Hey guys, I thought it'd be fun to have physical mail for Newman's mail sack. I hope that is okay. Thanks again for the cool sticker. I enjoy the beginning of the show when you guys get sidetracked. Uh, I'm having <laughs> Megan. You're gonna love this fucking episode. Jesus Christ! Uh, and, uh, I'm happy to see Ted has uh, gotten the spiel down about being a no homework show and uh, and Tim being a lifelong fan for years. I will continue to pro- promote you guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, I still have the ear reader for both of you to sign whenever life gets back to normal. Uh, thanks, Megan. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very cool. All right, so let's uh, let's zip Newman's mail sack back up. Zoop. Yep, don't want any of that mail escaping. No, can't can't let oh, it. The other uh, thing I was going to mention, I should have mentioned this in the news segment, but uh, a fan created Lego set of the sign of Jerry oh Seinfeld's my God, apartment. Yes, got enough votes and has been approved by Lego to be in production so we're gonna have and it comes with jerry elaine george kramer and newman interestingly enough so so we're getting a lego uh, newman we're getting a lego newman in the same time as we're getting a newman from jurassic park action figure this is (laughs) this is incredible uh but like one one of the tweets that i saw you posted on the no hugging account regarding the lego set had such like my energy with this uh, but like looking, at, looking at this, looking at the Lego set of Jerry's apartment, we finally get a look at the impossible fucking hallway. <laughs> I'm like, geez, did I tweet this? <laughs> I know. I think I was channeling you because I, I, I'm just as mad about it. I just never questioned it before, and obviously a lot of people didn't. But, but like, what, you know, because you'll see. Like blueprints and, and stuff like that of Jerry's apartment. I'm like, oh, that's how they do the hallway. Interesting. But you can see this one does it the right way because the hallway exits the door and then walks right into the wall of the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the way it is. So when you when you build it, you're going to, you know, you, you can't really have any hallway scenes because there's there's no room. Uh, the the only thing I don't like about this is going to be the same reason why I didn't buy uh, either of the Simpsons Lego sets. Is it's going to be at least one hundred dollars. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm ready for it. Really? Um, and and I think what got me ready for it. So we have a, a neighbor across the street that was moving out, and he like just came over and he was like, "Hey, we have this um, Lego set. No, it's never been opened, never been played with. We got what? it, and my daughter just never. Do you guys want it? And it is, it it maybe is like a hundred and fifty dollars set. Because oh it's like God. a whole carnival of the from the Lego Friends series, and it's got oh. a, 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 a what do they call it? A drop down ride, a Ferris wheel, and a roller coaster. Holy crap! And I've spent I've spent most of my week like at home with my daughter while she like sits at the table, kind of playing with whatever I have put together, like and putting the rest <laughs> of it together. And it's absolutely maddening, but it's kind of got me into. I'm like, oh, I think I'm ready for that Seinfeld Lego set. I think oh I'm ready for God. it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's kind of gotten me excited about Legos again, along with Lego Masters, which I loved watching. 
I don't even. Oh, oh, the show on Fox. Yes. I I haven't watched any of that. Oh, I'll have to check it out. It was it was great. It was great because a we could watch it with our kid. You know, there's not much we can watch that with our kids in the room, but that you definitely could. Mm-hmm. And um and it's absolutely amazing. I mean, the stuff they make with Legos in a matter of hours. Like I, it took it took me like several hours to put together this very basic set. But what they do with the time they have is like just absolutely incredible. These things they make. And, but also, it kind of got Colleen interested in Legos. And so I think that's why oh, man. when we were putting this Lego set together, she was like imagining a Lego Masters. But the, this, yeah. this just makes I'm me far think, from a master. This just makes me think, and this is even more off topic, but I, I feel like you guys would all love Ultimate Tag. Oh, is that, uh, oh, is that on Fox? I, I think so. Like, there's Ultimate Tag and there's Holy Moly on, on ABC. Like, I think you guys would all love yeah, I should check some of that out. I've also been thinking about The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Have you seen that? I haven't. I want to watch it, though. <laughs> yeah, I should check that out, too. All right. We, we, should, uh, we, should, uh, we should get into the next episode before we, we top out at like an oh, hour and a half. good idea. Uh, so next week, we've got <laughs> Season 6, Episode 17, The Doorman. Original air date, February 23rd, 1995. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see, get this, the description is, Jerry rebels at an intimate gesture as Kramer attempts to make their building more friendly. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm wondering if that's an accident. That's really weird. Because <laughs> I do I do love it for the description of this episode. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if it wow. if it just fits both episodes or if it's a if it's a misprint on Hulu's part, I mean maybe there is a, yeah I don't know what because I remember I if the doorman is the episode I'm thinking of when I saw the title I was like oh okay I know I know which one this is but maybe I don't <laughs> yeah somebody's asleep at the wheel over there at Hulu or something all right I guess we'll find out next week is that it that's it all right for no hugging no learning I'm Tim Murphy I'm Ted Hollowell be good. 